0: Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of
1: Recommended Insurance Attorneys.
0: Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today Attorney Joseph Cunningham from the law offices of Joseph F. Cunningham PLC in Arlington, Virginia. Joe is a trial attorney with nearly 40 years of practice in the insurance field. He has headed his own insurance defense law firm since 1970. He has written on various legal topics in numerous publications and law journals, as well as teaching or lecturing at several universities. The insurance and commercial law chair at Columbia University School of Law is endowed in his name, and he is a co-author of the Virginia State Bar Monograph on Insurance Law. Joe, we're very pleased to have you with us today.
2: Well, thank you, John, it's a pleasure to help if I can. and. Uh, I've been reading the BEST magazine and involved with BEST for a number of years, so I feel it's an honor as well for me.
0: We appreciate that, Joe. The state of New Jersey's Department of Banking and Insurance is setting up a mediation program to give consumers the chance to settle insurance disputes without the time and expense of litigation. This was as a result of policyholders at odds with their insurers over Hurricane Sandy-related claims. Similar efforts were undertaken with success in Gulf states, after Hurricane Katrina and Rita slammed the region in 2005. And Brendan Noonan is going to lead off today with our first question. Uh, Joe, how effective are our mediation programs, and what are the benefits of a state implementing this?
2: Well, that's a softball, Brendan. <laughs> I can tell you that I think they're very effective, and it's almost unanimous that they're very effective. Uh In terms of mandated programs, I suppose you'll get uh, some grumbling that not not every shoe fits, but generally speaking, they're quite effective. Uh,
0: Are there any drawbacks or detriments associated with this?
2: Well, it depends on how they're implemented. If you take the New Jersey approach that uh, it's mandatory, I think that's a good approach because I think it helps carriers get rid of a lot of small claims that in some instances are simply nuisance claims they always say in the mediation, and I've done hundreds of them, that as long as the claimant uh, understands that the neutral is going to be fair to him or her, it makes a a resolution where the claimant does not get everything asked for uh, a lot more digestible and the people go away generally happy. In the New Jersey instance, I think there was some negatives. One of the negatives is if you uh, start off from the the get go you really uh especially from the carrier's point of view you really don't have any kind of discovery whatsoever you have no idea whether you're talking about a legitimate claim a uh, valid claim that has some some serious aspects to it or simply something that's inflated and uh we all know that that inflated claims are <laughs> are not a novelty in the business so that's a problem if if it happens too quickly so I think there should be a 60-day period where both sides can measure what it is that they want and uh, what the background of the, of the claim is, especially from the point of view of, of the carrier, and then they can, uh, they can go to it.
0: Uh, Joe, in, in general, what can an insurance carrier do to ensure more cases lead to mediation?
2: I think one of the best ways to do it is with an insurance company's chosen uh, law firm they can say, you know, we think that within 60 days you ought to do mediation. We're not going to be upset with you if the mediation doesn't succeed, but we think it's worth a try because it's common knowledge that mediation does work and the percentages of mediated cases are very high. And so it, of course, saves a good deal of money in terms of attorney's fees and usually gets the case resolved relatively quickly. So that's a real plus, I think. And the carriers ought to to really think long and hard about suggesting it, if not making it mandatory.
0: Now, in general, how can insurance companies and law firms establish better communication?
2: I think the best way to do it is civility on both sides. The law firms, generally because they're seeking the assignments and the work from the carrier, tend to have the proper disposition and courtesy, although I've seen some bigger firms that think that they're doing a favor to an insurance company if they handle their case. But generally, it's from the point of view of the carrier that I think civility could use some working up. I've seen um, claims, the handlers, uh, who refer to the law firm simply as a vendor, and the vendors will do this and vendors will do that. And then in terms of payment of claims, it's with third-party organizations that are really uh, paid to look hard and long at bills. Uh, There's some fairly ridiculous uh, reductions in bills for them. We had had one that we had to send a lad from uh, Arlington down to uh, Chesapeake, which is about a a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive, and the uh, third-party bill security person or surveyor or whatever the name that they choose at the moment said, hey, we're not going to pay this because uh, you didn't get permission to go to court. Well, that's really ridiculous to say that if the judge orders you to be in court that you have to call up and say, may I go to court to defend your claim. That doesn't happen all the time, fortunately. But the more the parties talk with one another, usually the better it works. But sometimes that doesn't happen.
0: Uh, Joe, what are the challenges and changes you've seen in recent years impacting relations between carriers and law firms?
2: Well, I think every every law firm will say that the real negative is the one that I've, I've referred to, that there's uh, automatic deductions on instances where the third-party uh, reviewer uh, determines that a clearly legal undertakings, such as talking to the judge, that's my favorite, a conference with the judge, and and the bill is cut because the third-party determines that, well, that's really a clerical function. Well, of course it's not, and I've seen that happen time after time, which is really imbecilic, if you will. So much depends on the willingness of the carrier to inquire as to billings, and so much depends on the willingness of the of the lawyer to be reasonable in terms of any excessive billings that the third-party entity uh, or, or the insured sees. With Dealing with an insured claims represented generally, if it's done directly, I think the problems are almost always soluble, but when the third-party entity is involved, then it becomes uh, a little more difficult. But generally, I think things are not that wildly different than when I started in 1970 in terms of relations between carriers and, uh, and uh, law firms. Uh, of course, the bigger firms now uh, to brag about the fact that they won't take insurance work because of, uh, the hourly rates are too low, but there's still plenty of very good small firms that uh, have done insurance work for years and uh, who uh, know how to get cases resolved in a hurry that don't overcharge and, and and have rates that are modest that get good results for carriers.
0: And what challenges do you see in the future, Joe, and do you have any other final comments today?
2: <laughs> well, uh, we were talking about mediation in Virginia the uh, Virginia Workers' Compensation Commission decided to require a, a mediation of all cases and uh, in, in a pilot program down in the southwest, and it's worked out so well that probably it will be expanded to all workers' comp cases, and I, I think that's certainly a smart thing to do. In terms of challenges and, and new developments, um, I think so much can be resolved by just personal conversations. There's a need on both sides to make an extra effort to see that things are going well. And and, uh, I always tell my folks that whatever is happening in the case or isn't happening, just let the carrier know on a a monthly basis what's up. And of course, if something really important happens immediately, but but it won't hurt because claims folks always want to know even if nothing's happening, that the lawyer on the other side is um, aware of the case and and working on it. And I'd say the other thing is uh, one thing that we've preached for years, and that is aggressive pretrial efforts in terms of pretrial motions and and necessary discovery and putting the case together. Without bragging too much, we just prevailed in an 850,000... Dollar case in the federal court over in the Western District of Virginia, because the lawyer on the plaintiff side, who was the third lawyer that this claimant had hired, indicated that he felt that the uh, experts that we had chosen and who had submitted reports uh, were, were right on. What do they call it? Spot on in terms of of the nature of the case, the problems with the claim, the problems with the uh, with the insurance uh, health claims and that he was just simply going to uh, non-suit the case and and reduce the claim to a great by oh golly, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and try and work directly with the carrier, which is fine with us. And I thought it was innovative. And, of course, the lawyer on the plaintiff side was a good one, and he, he indicated that uh, he felt that the claim had been oversold by the first two lawyers in terms of uh, how grand a case he had. But he said, you know, I, I think the way you've structured the case uh, with the experts that you've used and the motions you filed that it doesn't look like I would be terribly successful in going forward, uh, certainly not at the dimensions uh, that had been uh, put forward before in terms of 8- 850000 So we were very happy about that.
0: Okay, terrific, Joe. Thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Very good. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
0: That was Joseph Cunningham from the Law Offices of Joseph F. Cunningham and Associates PLC in Arlington, Virginia. Special thanks to Brenda Noonan from our communications team and to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message.